and welcome to this latest edition of the Elephant Conversations. And this morning, it's my privilege to, to interview my friend, uh, Ms. Atsango Chesoni. Atsango is a lawyer. She is the former deputy chairperson of the Committee of Experts on the Kenyan Constitution. Good morning, Atsango. Good morning, John. Thank you for inviting me. And it's, it's a privilege to be participating in an interview with the elephant. Karibu. Uh, let, let me just get started, uh, um, Atsango. I mean, you were involved in the constitution-making process in a, in, a, in a very intimate way um, throughout some of its most difficult and most consequential uh, times. And I just wanted to ask if, if you can describe what are you pleased about this, this, this constitution when you, know, when, you reflect, when you reflect on all the work that you did? Okay, basically, I think we all know that um, when the National Constitutional Conference, which is what people normally refer to as bombers, because the venue was the was bombers of Kenya, when we started in 2002, the conference, the, um, the then late President Moy um, prorogued parliament, and you know, a third of the delegates to the National Constitutional Conference were, um, were parliamentarians. And I think the intention of proroguing parliament was to disrupt the conference and I think bring it to a halt. Mm. I don't know if many Kenyans realize that, 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 that what became that slogan, Yote Yawezakana Bila Moi, actually began at Bomas. Oh. You know, when, when the announcement was made that the, that the conference had, you know, the parliament had been prorogued. Yes. Um, I remember one of the delegates, it was an elderly gentleman from, from, from Lamu, I don't remember his name, started coming down the stairs and, you know, he started going, Yote, it was a kind of Moy. And like people just started going, Yote, it was a kind of Moy. It was yes. like just this ripple that went across, you know, yes. across the, um, the, the, the hall. Yes. And um, you know that Bomas is probably the most representative forum we have ever had in the history of this country. That's right. Because aside from the delegates, we had groups that um, did not necessarily have delegates, but were observers that had observer status. So Kenyans of every single um, ethno-racial and religious background were represented, you know. Uh, you know, of course, this is aside from the um, constitutional requirements that we had to have um, persons with disabilities, women, each district had sent three delegates, you know, and then there was, you know, and then civil society was ent entitled to some slots, you know, the trade unions were entitled to some slots, you know, and so all, all these different actors. And so basically, we had all these people from all over the country who were very present to the fact that, you know, that what had been a critical historical moment that we had worked for so hard as a country was being brought to a stop yes. by the president. And I think that probably is where the... Um, I'd say the spirit, this is not something I've ever reflected on and like conversed with anyone about, mm. but I suspect that that's where the spirit of like, no, we're not going to let you just as one individual mm. stop what we as a country have come together yeah. to do. I, I, to me, that's what that moment represents, you know, the, the, the collective, so that now it, the, the movement really had moved because we had had a popular movement for constitutional reform, but now because of the stage we were at at that point in time, even people whom I think were not necessarily radical people, who had not necessarily been involved in all that historical process, who, 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 who may not even have known anything at all about it, 
by virtue of the fact that they were delegates yes and had been sent there by their communities yes to to, to represent them now had this sense of you know how dare you yes and so you know when Mwai Kibaki came in as president he came in on a promise to give us a constitution within a hundred days yes and so the, the the conference resumed um and um You know, and we all know he reneged, but yep. the setting, the, the, the setting for that reneging yes. on that promise began quite early mm. because we came, you know, we came back when, when the conference reconvened and I can't right now remember off the top of my head when exactly that was, you know, when, when the exact date was. But when we began sitting again, um, for those of us who had been involved in the democracy movements, in the, you know, in the constitutional reform movements, I think, you know, there was this naive expectation that because we now had a regime in power that had been part of the journey, yes. they, you know, we were now going to be like, you know, I, did, I had no expectation personally that things would be disrupted again. And then very quickly, there began to be this dynamic where in the media, you would see the conference delegates being demonized, okay. you know, yes. and being caricatured. And suddenly we were all kind of, whenever we would say anything that, um, whenever there were discussions that were taking place in the, in, in the conference that were, that were contrary to the regime of the day's interests. Yes. You know, articles would appear in the newspapers about how we were all under the influence of Kanu and were Kanu moles and, you know. Correct. And, you know, those, you know, all sorts of um, innuendo. Yes. And so there was this um, propaganda machinery in the newspaper going in the media yes. about, you know, about us and depicting us in this way that was um, basically a caricature of who we are. Yes. And um, for me, it was, again, very, it was disturbing in the sense that as somebody who had been involved in the constitutional reform movement, it was always my understanding that there was this respect for the public and Wanjiku. Yes. For, for, for the ordinary, you know, it had been premised on this um, vision of a process where finally the, the ordinary citizen had a chance yes. to be the one to determine the, the country. Mm. And, you know, we had all, one of the things that I had learned over the years and in, in, and in the course of my participation in, in the constitution reform movement was that usually, this was very unusual, that yes. in most countries, the constitution is imposed on the public by the elite, yes. not the other way around. Yes. So to see people who had spoken as being pro-people, yes. disparaging um, the delegates who had come in from the um, from the districts, and you know, disparate, you know, speaking about them in this in this disparaging way, yes, was you know what was troubling, and I think you know. That is when we began to see the discomfort of the elite. Yes. And here I'm including those of us in civil society. Yeah. With, 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 with the actual possibility of, um, of Wanainchi Raya yeah. owning this process. Yeah. It's like people had created this process 
and yet had never in their minds wrestled with like, you know, when Raya may not agree with, with, with my idea of what the constitution is going to be. And yes. Raya, yes. Raya are not necessarily all in the same camp as me ideologically. Yes, yes. You know, yes. yeah. And you, you need to respect that. You cannot say that um, you believe in freedom of conscience yes. and then expect that everybody you're talking to is going to be, you know, if you're a liberal, is going to be a conservative, or if you're a conservative, is going to be a liberal. Yes, that's true. I mean, we, have, we, cannot, we cannot respect, we cannot say we respect that, that, that principle and then, you know, confronted with that, yes. um, be, you know, be resistant to the idea that these are the people who hold different views from us yes you know yeah yeah should you know should be able to express it so um we then very quickly have the assassination because i i personally believe it was an assassination mm -hmm. and those of us who are at bomas believed that the assassination of the late of the ambubai of the ambubai yeah who was the um you know we went into different tents to deal to deal with different chapters of what would become the constitution and each one of those tents had somebody who was a delegate yes. who was responsible for um, chairing that particular tent. Yes. I can't remember what, what, what we were called. Yes. I, you know, I was the deputy chair for the one on the legislature. Yes. And so Odiambo Bai was, was the chair for the one on, on, on devolution. Yes. And so we now started experiencing i can remember at that point in time like you know one would be on the, you'd be on your phone and you'd hear this 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 noise the um you know that noise when when, when you're tapped a kind of interference with, with a call there, there's a there's, there's like a click yes, yes that you hear yeah yes, yes. We started experiencing that and okay. now there was that heightened um caricaturing of us we were all meant to be greedy. We were all meant to be at the conference because we wanted allowances. Yes, we were yes. all, and the only people who behaved in that way with all due respect was the political elite. Yeah. It was the parliamentarians. And if, I should even distinguish between, in speaking about the political elite, because it's, you know, I need to be clear. Political parties also had representatives. I'm not talking about those people. Yes. I'm talking about parliamentarians. They were the people who would only show up on Friday literally to go pick up their, their, their allowances until Professor Guy reined them in yes. and, you know, like embarrassed them, you yes. know, publicly and put in place measures. Yes. But, you know, we had a situation where they would just not be at, at, at sessions, particularly those who belonged to the regime of the day. Yes. The opposition, I think, because they had something at stake, yes. tended to be more present. Yes. So again, I was witnessing, for me, it was a witnessing of the people who, again, had spoken about these values and yes. principles and who, again, we thought ideologically we were in the same camp with. Yes. Beginning to act in a manner that was contrary. Yes. To the um, to to the kind of principles that we thought we were birth we, we we were bringing in, in, in into into play. Yeah. And so it became very apparent that the um, that the regime of the day did not want what. The new constitution that was evolving. We're not happy with the direction it was going. We're not happy with the direction things were taking, mm. and they. Um, we then had um, the Sulumeti committee. I don't know if you remember. remember. Bishop Sulumeti was a delegate, and then he, the late Bishop Sulumeti, and then you know there was a committee set up to try and mediate between the different actors. You yes. know, 
somewhere in the middle of the conference, you know, we, yes. you know, we start having this committee, which yes. really was not, in theory, if the conference had been proceeding in the way it should have, yes. there shouldn't have been need for this body created within yeah. the conference itself. Yes. Try now and mediate and, you know, and so that's when the story of the contentious issues started coming up. Yes. But we were not told what these contentious issues were. We were just told they're contentious issues. So people were um, selected to go into the Solometi committee to go and sit down and try, you know, and like get most, most the Solometi committee was, was dominated by the politicians, yes. you know. Yes. And so, you know, they, they went in and tried to resolve these issues. But you know, clearly, of course, the events that happened at the, you know, in March 2004 would not have happened if the Sulumeti committee had been, had, had been successful. Yes. And then, the, and then cases started happening, challenging the constitutional reform process itself. In now, case, one of the, Cases being filed in court. In court, exactly. Yeah. Now, one of the, um, one of the things that there had been attempts to do that was resisted both by Moi and, and Kibaki was there had been an attempt to entrench the constitution reform process itself, to entrench the review act itself in the constitution okay. of the day. Yeah. yeah. And the political elite just refused to allow that to happen. Yeah. And, you know, by, by March, 2004, it was clear why they had done that mm. because had that happened, the, you know, the, 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 the process that led to the proposed new constitution would not have been possible for them. Mm. You know, they would, BOMAs once enacted at the National Constitutional Conference would automatically have become, the draft that, that came out of the National Constitutional Conference would automatically have become the new constitution. Yes. So, um, we, there was a case that went, that, that, that was taken, questioning, that, that basically asked the courts to determine whether or not, um, the National Constitutional Conference was a constitutional was a constituent assembly. Correct. Yeah. And if it was not a constituent assembly, could a new constitution come come by without either a new constitution needed to either be the product of a, of, of of a constituent assembly? Yes. Or um, a referendum. Yeah. And so that case, in the end. Um, I've, I've fast forwarded on this particular issue. Yep. That case in the end was the reason why what is now our present constitution had to go through a referendum. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically there was a decision that um, we were not a constituent assembly. And so that, that's how we, you know, that's part of how there was an attempt. It was an attempt to delegitimize the National Constitutional Conference in the public. I don't think it was successful because one of the things that you notice is that the public constantly refers back to, bo to bombers. Yes. So it didn't serve the purpose. What it did was create a legal obstacle, yeah. but it did not serve the, pro the, the purpose of delegitimization. Yeah. Um, again, I'm raising these issues because I think given what is happening right now, it's important for us to reflect on, on, on what I think has been consistent the political elite actually hasn't used, isn't using new tools. No. It's that we, we don't, I think many times we, we either haven't, for those of us who are aware of these things, we haven't taken the time to step back and just reflect and look at 
you know, you know, having these kind of conversations, look at, you know, but wait a minute, you know, when this was happening, what was happening? And then you realize, you, you see actually, hmm. the other things, when, when we were busy scurrying around in Bomas, distracted with trying to make sure that the real, <laughs> that we actually get the constitution, yes. this, you know, at the level of, 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 of the political elite, this, is, this was the big picture that they were working with. Yes. And this is what they were doing. And so, um, we then got the, um, we nonetheless continued with the conference. Yes. And, you know, I'm just going to now refer very quickly to the, um, to the historical occasion, which, you know, it's, it's, it's in the public domain. Yes. You know, which is, you know, when the conference, when it became clear that the conference was, was still going ahead, that, that the delegates were still going to pass um, the draft, on the last day, literally, of the conference, on the last, you know, couple of days of the, con on, on the last day of the conference, literally, there was a walkout. Yes. By um, delegates who are members of the regime. They actually were not that many. When no. you look at, because remember, Bombers had six, some six, had 600 plus delegates. Correct. Yeah. So, and these were, these were people who were within a faction of parliament. So even though it was the leading parliamentary, even though um, NARC yes. was the, um, the biggest party in parliament, in parliament, even NARC itself wasn't united. Yeah. Because, you know, even back then, that's when also, aside from Kanu, Raila was, you know, I remember thinking, God, you'd think he's, he, he ha he's put some little computer chip in our heads, yes. which just, you know, like he just, I was like, you know, at one point in time, I very sarcastically said, well, this must be a very powerful man. I yeah. mean, he's able to press some little button and these hundreds of people just automatically do whatever. Yes. So aside from being little Kanu Roberts, we were also supposed to be little... Um, Raila Roberts. Little Raila ro robots, and so they, so so Nark itself also had fish had, had started having its fishes. Yes. So when you look at who walked out, it was particular elements of Nark. It was not Nark in its totality. If I remember. And so you cannot even say even the parliamentarians were united in that you know in that walk. Even even the um, the regime parliamentarians. The official regime parliamentarians were, were, were part of that walkout. Yes. Yes. Now, one of the things that I remember, and um, I, I am going, I have not gone into like the things which were good about Bomas yeah. that we all know. Yes. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm focusing on the other, I think because of the purpose of, 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 this, of this conversation <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a long conversation, I yes. think we, all, all that was positive is well documented. Yes. The fact that we were, you know, that there were these um, gains that were made in the constitution that would ensure equality. Um, the fact that we, as you know, the principles of, 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 you know, rule of law and the national values, all those things, you know, I'm not, I'm not delving into the yes. fact that we, we were successful with that. Yes. Because that, that's not, you know, those are not the issues yes. that, you know, that, that have caused us problems today. Yes. And so um, we then go into, so, so we begin the process for voting on the, on, on the different um, clauses yes. on, of, 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 the, of the new constitution, okay. oh, sorry, of, 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 of the Bomas draft, which most of which have made it into the new constitution, actually. Yes. The, you know, the vast majority. I will talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. You know, um, 
And I remember there was a cabinet minister who literally said, you will open that draft. You will vote in, you know, in this way. And there was, the way we used to sit in Bomas, um, it was alphabetical order. Okay. And, but not like, you know, there'd be this circle. So you would end up, so although my family name begins with a C, yes. the people that were directly in front of me, for example, were K's. Okay. It, it was an element of the K's. And then I can't remember who was in, in, in front of them. Yes. <laughs> and so from where I was, because I was at the topmost tier, so one of the advantages of, of sitting over there was that you could see all the way down. There was a gentleman who was representing political parties who, you know, so other than the delegates who are persons with disabilities, because, because for some of them, there were, you know, their accessibility issues, they were the only set of delegates who sat in a, in a space where they were together. Yes. You know, everybody else was kind of mixed up. Yes. You know? And so this guy who was like from one of the political parties was an older gentleman. I could see from where I was and I could hear, I actually heard him say, in that case, the answer is no. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't remember what the particular question was. <laughs> but I know this man voted no. Oh. And I think, you know, I have a suspicion because, because he said in that case, yes. I have a suspicion that had he not, had we not been being instructed. Yes he probably would have voted yes. yes. So he probably would have voted yes on that particular issue in yes. the direction of, of whatever motion it is that, 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 that they were attempting to, you know, yes. to move. So then, then we had that dramatic walkout yes. and, you know, the, um, the, you know, the, you know, the ministers and um, some of their MPs stormed out of the stormed out of the meeting yes. and we just started voting clause by clause and um just it was like a stampede to make sure that we got our draft through because we were we, we, we had a deadline yes. by midnight we had to have this thing through okay. and so the euphoria when we finished voting yeah. and <laughs> and <laughs> professor guy announced that we had um yeah, we had voted in favor. Yeah. The conference itself had passed the draft. Yeah. You know, the euphoria over there, the camaraderie, the solidarity. I always say that I know wherever I go in Kenya, I yeah. have a home. Yes. You there have is a somebody who spent, yeah, who spent that, that couple right. of years with me <laughs> in solidarity, yeah. <laughs> walking that, you know, walking that path of trying to deliver this baby. And of course, we all know that there was no intention whatsoever by, you know, you know the, um, the regime of the day having lost at the National Constitutional Conference had retreated with the knowledge that, they, that because they controlled parliament, they were going to make sure that that draft never became law. No. Yeah. And between that draft and um, the proposed new constitution, which is the one that they drafted in um, Kilifi and that was taken to the 2005 referendum. Correct. Excuse me. We began a life for some of us who had been delegates. I don't know what the experience was for other delegates, but I personally, and there are other delegates, mainly who had been civil society representatives, mm -hmm. because I was a delegate representing women. And we were chosen by civil society organizations. Yes. women's women's organizations yes. um and so 
we were representing women, but we also were, um, gen you know, were generally part of the caucus for um, civil society reps, yes. you know, and had links, had links with those, with, with those delegates. We began a life under surveillance. I remember going, you know, going into meetings because we were trying to see how do we keep this alive? And so going into meetings at the YMCA. Yes. And we were sitting on a table. We weren't that many of us. And on the table next to us was a bunch of um, police officers. Mm. Mm. And, you know, you know, you knew they were. And they were like sitting there looking at us, mm. you know. Mm. And so, yeah, that's when, you know, again, this, the phone calls and you could hear the clicks. Yes. You know. And I'm told that there are various stages of, of surveillance. So yeah. at the stage where you can hear the clicks, yes. where they want you to know that you that they are listening in on you, yes. they still think they can intimidate you into not having those kind of conversations. And then it moves, I think, you know, from your own experience, yeah. it moves beyond that, whereby they, they, they then think that, you know, it's a waste of time letting you know, but you will always be under surveillance. Yes. But yeah, so um, we literally would be sitting in a meeting and people are sitting there watching us. Um, we tried to have meetings, broader meetings, um, and like our leaflets and things like that, you know, we, we were just stopped. We were not, uh, you know, we were not able to, we were not able to meet to yes. continue having these, these discussions. And so then there is a, so then um, the regime of the day then goes to parliament and institutes a process that allows them, that allows parliamentarians to amend the BOMAS draft. Yes. In order to create a new draft that will, will be put to a vote. Yes. I have never known, and I don't know if there is anybody that knows because we had never been officially told who the people, the authors of yes. the proposed constitution are. Yes. All we know is that they met somewhere uh, purportedly in Kilifi and, um, drafted that document. I think if it was something that they were proud of, I think they, they would have been able to tell us that it was them. Yes. Yeah. But they never... I find it remarkable that they have never been willing as somebody who had been involved in the constitutional reform movement, because I can tell you the LSK had a draft, the yes. ICJ had a draft that they worked on with the LSK. Yeah. That is the great grandmother. People don't realize yes. that actually even the guy draft has a, has a great grandmother. Yes. You know, so there is the LSK, ICJ, NCCK drafts. None of those people are embarrassed. Yes. So why do the people who drafted the proposed new constitution, why are they unwilling to acknowledge that they are the parents of, the, of, 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 of that document? And so they then drafted this um, draft constitution that there are a lot of things that stayed the same. Yes. Between the draft that had been brought to the National Constitutional Conference, you know, that had been written by the CKRC, you know, under Professor Guy, you know, which we usually refer to as the Guy draft, yes. which is the one that was debated in, at, at, at BOMAS, you know, and then there was the BOMAS, you know, so there's some things that stayed the same. The yes. bulk of all three documents, because those are the mother drafts yes. of, the, um, of, of, of our current constitution, the bulk of, of the principles stayed the same. Yes, but there were issues, There were areas where there were material changes, mainly to do with the um, the system of government, mm -hmm. um, to do with devolution, mm -hmm. 
which was um, completely upended. And we were going to have, instead of a, a Senate proper, we were now going to have like something that would be equivalent to, to a council of elders at the national level, something similar to the South African, um, I think they call it the provincial assembly, you know? Yes. Yeah. And um, so that is where you can begin, begin to discern what it was that were the contentious issues that they never ever told us what they were. You know, it's devolution, it's things to do with the transitional clauses. It is, it is the, um, although the principle for two thirds stayed, yes. the formula was tinkered with. Yep. Um, the, so devolution, um, system of, of, of government, and then there were things in the transitional clauses, which, you know, again, were tinkered with. Yes. So those were where most of the contention, where the contention lay. Yeah. Um, you don't see real differences around um, the paper tigers that were raised. Yes. Of the Cadiz courts. Yes. And, yes. you know, yeah. I've, I personally hold the view that those were used as a shield. It was a way to, math, to mask ethno-regional uh, ethno political positions, which could no longer be fronted yes. as what they actually were. Yes. So you create this straw, you basically cre create this straw soldiers. Yes. You know, you know the army of, 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 of pregnant women who are going to suddenly come and abort babies the yes. moment a new constitution came into play. <laughs> Never mind that the old constitution is completely silent on abortion yes. and therefore more liberal. Yes. Actually. That's right. That's right. You know, yeah. The army of gay people that were going to rush through the borders and get themselves, you know, and marry each other. Again, never mind that the old constitution was silent yes. on that question. And so in theory, more liberal than, you know, than, than the, uh, because um, the amendment vis-a-vis -vis abortion, sorry, the, 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 the provisions on abortion and the provision on, on the right to marriage, yes. um, those were moved at Bomas, okay. the guy draft is consistent with international law and just provides for the right to life yes. and the right to marriage for, for, for an adult, you know? Um, it does not, though, you know, so, so those changes were made in Bomas. So now they, they become, I think, more convenient rather than say, we don't want devolution. Yes. I think there was a coalition working with, 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 with religious leaders, mainly Christian, with all due respect to us, Yes. To now suddenly create tensions yes. where they, you know, where they hadn't been because the old constitution provided for Cadiz courts. So there wasn't going to be a change in actuality. If, 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 if one had rejected the, the current constitution on the basis of those questions, they actually would have ended up in respect to abortion, in respect to the right to marriage with a more liberal constitution. Okay. And in respect to the Cadiz courts, um, the same issue, you know, you know, they, they, they're pretty much intact, you know, it, I mean, except that now at least there is the recognition of them as courts proper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that they can be properly treated within this, the system, but they were recognized, they've always been recognized. Yeah, they're, they're part of the negotiations for the 10, for, for, for the 10 miles trip, for, for, for the coastal strip because it's predominantly Muslim. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and, uh, at, at Sango, we, I mean, these sort of um, machinations behind the scenes, uh, the manipulations by the elite, I mean, um, they paint, you know, the, a very clear picture as, as you have described it of, uh, you know, the kind of rearguard action that 
you guys had to fight, you know, working into the night uh, to get the Bomas draft passed. I mean, I mean, I mean, this very, so in a very granular way, paints the picture of a constitution as you as, as you very aptly described it. Um, but uh, an unusual situation in Kenya where um, the people imposed a constitution on their elite. Yes, uh, and uh, we had a, a you know a constitutional referendum in in two thousand and five, um, um, which failed um, for the government. I mean, the the, the people basically um, were were it, it was a plebiscite on the performance of the government almost. Yes. Uh, um, then uh, we have the post election violence um, in two thousand seven two thousand eight after the uh, after, after the, the, the rigged election in two thousand and seven and um you know you know we have uh, a committee of experts you know there's a sudden there's a sudden new urgency um to um to have a new you know basically a new social contract in kenya after we almost had a civil war and you know through the good work of people like yourselves and, and the committee of experts we eventually emerge with something with a constitution that is still considered one of the most progressive in africa um, um, all done with all the kind of challenges that that that, that you are facing, and um, uh, and all the other delegates. Um, but ten years later at Sango, here we are, 2020, and there is talk of changing this constitution. Mm -hmm. um, that it needs to be, you know, it needs to be fixed. It needs to be. You know, to be finessed, to be to be uh, to be improved upon, um, uh, despite the fact that um, well, it's quite clear that some of those who are most enthusiastic in calling for the changes were the ones who were you know perhaps giving you some of the most uh, determined challenges when you were at Bomas. And I wanted to get your opinion as 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 somebody who has gone through this kind of um, arm wrestling. Um, with the elite as they try to manipulate uh, a, a constitutional process. It's happening again. Um, Kenyans are watching it um, you know, with, with a certain amount of anxiety. What, what is your take uh, with regard to what is going on? Um, what are the risks that it portends? And how, how, how can it be mitigated? Sorry, a, a, a combination of questions there. Um, I'm just uh, conscious that we are, we are pushing on with time. Time, yes, yeah, I understand. Um, so um, I think the, impor the important contentious issue that um, I didn't like, go into is, was the system of government. Yeah. So, you know, we, you know, we went to, um, as the committee of experts, the draft that was presented to the, excuse me, to the Parliamentary Select Committee, excuse me, on the review of the Constitution, provided for a, what, what is referred to as a harmonized draft, you know, provided for, for, as the revised harmonized draft, provided for a parliamentary system of government. Yes. The politicians themselves decided that they wanted a presidential system. Okay? Yeah. It is the, the very same politicians right now. Yes that decided they wanted a presidential system. Yes. Our responsibility as a committee of experts was to ensure that whatever system we had was one that respected the principle of the rule of law and provided for the separation of powers 
and provided was a democratic system. Yes. Um, we couldn't, for instance, have even if even if the um, politicians had come back with with the decision and the public had decided it wanted a um, a monarchical system, for example, yeah. under the Review Act, it had to be a democratic system. Right. And so um, I have over time come to the conclusion, and when you look at history, history, I think, bears me out on this. Yes. Whenever we have a mandatory, what, I, what I'm now referring to, I saved this in the interview for Nana Nane. Yes. Whenever we have a mandatory change mm. in pending, in the, um, a mandatory transition, yes. brought about either by the demise or the end of terms. Of overhead of state. Yeah, of overhead of state. You see these attempts to, to change the constitution. When um, Jomo Kenyatta died, there were people that wanted to change the constitution so that the vice president could not automatically become president. Correct. Yeah? Correct. When um, section 2A was repealed and Kenya stopped being a one-party state, yes. Moyi then says, well, I served my two terms. I yes. served my previous terms under the old constitution. This is a new constitution. Mm -hmm. You can't apply the law retro retroactively. <laughs> and therefore, I'm starting my new, my, my, you know, my new terms. Once again. Yeah. Under the, under the current constitution, in the transitional clauses, there are provisions that prohibit anybody who has been the president from running again. Yes. So to prevent that kind of a scenario. So Moi Kibaki could not have run again. Yes. Moi could not have run in 2013 because without those transitional clauses, in theory, both Moi and Moi Kibaki were eligible to run. Yes. Um, right. And so what am I alluding to? When you, the regime of the day seeks to manipulate the constitution in order to hold those who are close to the powers that be, in order to continue perpetuating themselves. That's my reading. Yes. Yeah. And so my reading of this clamor for a new system of government is not, it's not about the rhetoric which they're using about inclusion. Yes. Because under the current constitution, inclusion is, is one of the principles under Article 10. That is Why haven't they respected it? Correct. Um, article 130 sub article 2 require, provides that the cabinet and the executive should should represent the um, eth ethno-racial diversity yes. of the country. Yes. So if the current, if these organs currently are not representative, yes. it isn't because there is a problem with the law. Yes. Until 2010, there was a problem with the law. Yes. You know? So the solution to me does not lie in yes. amending the law. Yes. Not for those reasons. I mean, there may be challenges in the current constitution, but it's not the kind of things which they're talking yes. about amending. Yes. Um, on the issue of integrity, mm -hmm. the draft that we had sent Correct. to the um, to the to, to to the parliamentary select committee provided for an ethics and anti-corruption commission. Yes. The parliamentarians threw out the Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission. Correct. They, they gave us a draft. They gave us back the draft without the Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission and then proceeded to say to us, you know, 
um, corruption is a very bad thing. And we would like to, we, we don't want to think, you know, a constitution is for perpetuity. We don't want to think that in the future, Kenya will always have a problem with corruption. So we think it's extremely pessimistic <laughs> to have an anti-corruption commission. <laughs> in the constitution. In, in the constitution. Yes. So if you look at the provisions on the ethics, uh, on, uh, on the ethics and anti-corruption commission, you will notice that they're not created in the same way that the other constitution, the other constitutional commissions are. Yes. We reintroduced it. We, we, we reintroduced it by way of a requirement because the language was shall. Yes. We forced parliament to have to set up an anti-corruption commission, which would then be a commission that would be considered to be a constitutional commission. But right there, you can see the things that they were having problems with. And so um, what I think is the biggest challenge to the constitution today, really? to the culture of constitutionalism, is Kenya's political culture. Mm. Mm. We have a political culture and a political elite that has no respect for the rule of law. Mm. Mm. And that is resistant to that principle. Um, amongst other things, I also perceive a potential attempt to avoid mm. term limits. Yes. Mm. I think Kenyans need to be wary of the, poten for, of, of the possibility of a potent scenario. Yes. A whereby somebody leaves the presidency as president and comes back as, as prime minister. Whether or not the incumbent does it, Yes. If we don't have something in, if they are successful with making the kind of amendments that they're, that they're saying they want, yes. and if the incumbent, as he, as he has been saying off late, mm. you know, um, chooses not to run, yes. even if he was to respect that, yes. if there aren't provisions put in that constitution expressly prohibiting him from running, yes. expressly pro prohibiting... Um, anyone who has held the position of president from ever running yes. because they've all served to, they will all have served two terms, um, expressly creating term limits and expressly pro prohibiting anyone who serves as president from being prime minister and vice versa, anyone who serves as prime minister from ever serving as, as, as president. If we don't have those kind of express provisions, then somewhere in the future, we will have a Putin scenario. And um, also, I think that, you know, politicians, in my observation, mm. can do a lot of damage with, in a very short time. Yes. Yeah? Mm. So all they're doing, I think, is also buying time mm. to change the goalposts. Mm. Because they don't like, they don't like a change in, in, in systems. Yes. You know? Yes. Because they then have to learn a new way of doing things. Yes. So they're trying to return us. They keep saying that, they, that they're creating a prime minister. But um, if what we were presented with last year, yes. was it the beginning? It's, I think it's the end of last year. Yes. You know, when BBI, the first, when, when the first report came from the task force. Yes. Um, is anything to go by? That's yes. not a parliamentary system. No, it's not. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, so we, we are being returned to the mongrel that created problems for us originally. Yes. And then for me, the even bigger danger 
that you know that the, that the overriding danger with this whole conversation is the opacity of it. Yes. Under the constitution, one of the entrenched principles in our constitution and in our constitutional making process that the culture, the, our culture of constitution making that has evolved over the last um, 20 plus years. Yes. Since, um, I would say since 1997, yes. when we began the no reforms, no elections campaign, is the culture of participation. Political, you know, of, of participation by the people. people. And the constitution is premised on the sovereignty of the people. people. So how dare any pair of citizens, because that's what it is, yeah. get together and decide that they have a problem with the constitution as it is, yeah. Yeah. and then set up a structure which the public has had no opportunity to determine yeah. the process of establishing of that structure. Yes. And then be the ones to start telling us yes. what they think should be changed. Yeah. You know, this whole process is, opa is opaque. Yes. That, you know, we don't know how was it determined that there was a need for a, for a task force. And then at what point was it determined that that task force should examine the issue of the constitution? Yes. How was it decided who should then do that work? Because you see, first of all, the public has to, even if at least through the delegated authority given to the to parliamentarians, even if through parliament. Yes. You know? Because even that, even that representation was not used. Correct. Yeah? The public has to has has to have determined that there was that there was an issue at hand. Yes. And then having decided that there was an issue, the public then should have had some opportunity to say, this is how we want to go about doing this. And then there should have been an opportunity for citizens who have the competence to actually walk us through this process, to apply so that we could be sure and satisfied as a country that the best of our minds would be guiding us through this process. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I, you know, it, it could be that by coincidence, we've, you know, we've, we've got all those things. But there is trans, there's supposed to be transparency. There's supposed to be an opportunity for everybody to participate, including in determining what what the process is. All of that should have been in the public domain. Correct. The public should have had an opportunity to say, um, we think you're, you're right on this point, but we also think this and this and this needs to be looked into. Yes. You know. None, I, you know, none of that, none of that has been available. No, I mean, it, yeah. it's been an opaque process. Uh, I'm conscious we we haven't finished uh, at Sango, but we yeah. have time. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, while, while 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 we're still on air, I'm going to ask you that we do a part two, because okay. this, this this is the big political. Uh, issue. I mean, as I said, um, the political class in Kenya right now is engaged in, in major realignments as we go into 2022. And I'm very keen to get your views 
um, on, you know, this is a critical moment. We have a major political transition happening. There's talk of changing the constitution. There are all these machinations that you're describing that are uh, going on behind the scenes. The process is very opaque. And that is, that is, what, that is what is very different about it compared to what happened um, uh, at BOMAS, which included, as you said, you know, 600 delegates from, you know, all different sectors and all different parts of the country. And so, um, if you don't mind, I'll ask that, that, that we pause, we pause here. And okay. in two, I'd like to, to, um, to unpackage uh, a bit deeper um, the implications of some of the changes that are being proposed now. Um, as you said, these are things that have, uh, have, have happened before. I'd also like to get your opinion on, on the role of civil society which has taken a bit of a pummeling since, um, since 2013 and is sort of um, gathering its, uh, its wits, but then also seek very much your opinion on um, um, if something needed to be changed, what would it be to strengthen the constitution mm -hmm. yet further? Um, but I'm afraid we'll have to keep that for, uh, for next time. Thank you, John. Thank you.